Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. This is Song vs. Song. Today we're uh, tackling some really obscure characters. One guy named David Bowie and another called Elton John. It is the battle of the early 70s space song, Space Oddity vs. Rocket Man. That was Bowie. Bowie? Bowie? Yeah. I learned. I learned. I learned to not make things so complicated. Um, what's her face? She she said she pronounced it Bowie once, and then people made fun of her. Did you oh, that's that? right. Avril that's Levine pronounced right. it Bowie, and got that was a reference. Um, I remember that. Poor uh, Advil lasagna there. Yeah. Uh, yikes. We're both. We both have drinks cracked for yes, this we episode. Do. Um, I think that uh, they are for for differing reasons. <laughs> um, I don't know what your reasons are. For me, um, it's it's the, the conflicting feelings of knowing uh, that just based on um, who we picked each, mm-hmm. right? Because I took Bowie. Right. You, you took Elton John. Uh, on the one hand, I already know I've won. <laughs> I knew, I mean, I haven't actually looked at the numbers, but there was never any doubt in my mind that Bowie wasn't was, was going to do anything other than blow Elton John out of the water. Well, I shall keep this a closely guarded secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes, I, I can't wait to be surprised by the result. Uh, but so, like, on the one hand, I know I'm winning. On the other hand, it doesn't really matter what I say. Uh, on the one hand, I'm winning. Uh, on the one hand, David Bowie's winning. <laughs> but on the other hand, he's dead. So it kind of makes me feel like everything is irrelevant. And, 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 and to sum it up, planet Earth is blue. <laughs> And there's nothing I can do. Well, you know, dead is probably not the correct word. Bowie has left. Yes, it's true. <laughs> he, ha- he, has, he has left the planet. Uh, so, yeah, so these are the two songs that you picked. It's interesting that you said 70s. I mean, in, in fairness. Yeah, that's, uh, the, I got a lot of stick for that one, actually. The, the success of the song in, in, in the actual realm of pop music, mm-hmm. I guess, happens in the 70s. Um, its importance, its relevance is still yeah. firmly 1969, which is when yeah. it was actually released. Yeah, I got to, you know people immediately jumped down on. You know, I'm I'm used to not being called on errors because I'm usually the biggest geek in the uh, in the conversation. But everyone jumped on that immediately. He's like, "No, it's not." It's like, "Yeah, I know it's not." But I didn't want to put down late 60s, early 70s on the poll. I mean, that just complicates things. Why did I have to go and make things so complicated? Wow. <laughs> Who knew that Avril Lavigne was going to have such an influence on today's episode of Song vs. Song? No. Uh, so, yeah, Bowie dropped his first. Bowie was the OG on this one. He he's dropped in 1969. So uh, the reason that Bowie won so bad, excuse me, might have won so bigly is uh-huh, because uh-huh, he, uh-huh. his came first and Elton is a kind of a biter because we are already had a song like this three years earlier in '69. Yeah, I am. Um, boy, there's a, there's something we're gonna have to talk about, and I don't know where it's gonna fit, <laughs> which is the relationship between David Bowie and Elton John, which is uh, fraught. In fact, really, I did not know this. Um, okay, so I guess you know, like, just uh, I don't want when we have this conversation, we do like song one song versus another song. Uh-huh. It feels like everything's fair game. We can kind of be cutesy and fun and, and make fun of things and people, but it's important to keep in mind that David Bowie and Elton John were friends at one point. They were very. They used to go to gay bars together. They kind of just existed in the scene together for a time, and then at one point in the seventies, early seventies, they had an argument about. Who had the sillier outfit? Uh, no. What actually? I mean, I don't know what happened privately. 
But publicly, uh, David Bowie gave an interview where he referred to Elton John as rock and roll's token queen. That's an odd thing for David Bowie of all people to say. And the thing is, I am I am a shocked by that on many levels, and uh, b I, I, I just assume that there must be something that happened that we don't know about. But the story that Elton John gave was that he heard that and was pretty mad. Yeah, he didn't like that, and so they didn't really talk ever again. That was pretty much it. They didn't speak, and Elton John said, um, "quote He wasn't my cup of tea." And then corrected himself and said, no, 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 I wasn't his cup of tea, which uh, which is really, you know, and here's the thing. <laughs> and, and, and we'll talk about this towards the end, I guess, if we want to talk about people who have covered songs or, mm-hmm. or given odes post David Bowie's uh, leaving. Yes. As it were. Um, certainly Elton John um, spoke about that and and did a did a tribute uh, to David Bowie. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I just don't want to. As we make fun of uh, of of these men, or or as we sort of make <laughs> you know make strong remarks about these songs, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that you know these are two human beings who I guess had a complicated relationship, and I don't want it to come across as somehow callous or mean when I say that Rocket Man is not that very good as a song. Okay. Uh, when I when I come for that song and say that I find <laughs> it to be very mediocre. And I don't think that it's it's in any way particularly like I don't when I think of Elton John like this is the thing, this is not the first song that occurs to me. I don't even know if it's if it's in the top five. Well, I mean, Elton certainly has many songs. He's got a quite an illustrious career. The thing is, it's no Island Girl. I'll give you that. <laughs> Space Oddity is the if if David Bowie has a defining song, mm-hmm. Space Oddity. Is it? There is no David Bowie without Space Oddity. It is the song that that made him what he was in the late '60s, going into the '70s, and allowed him to then, you know, be, be, become the Thin White Duke and become a, a weird, creepy clown. Where he did a sequel, <laughs> in a way, Ashes to Ashes, a sequel. You know, there are two other songs that d- directly refer to Major Tom, and at the end of his life, uh, when he did Black Star, Black Star also the music yes. video has an astronaut in it, so. It's it's defining for one of the greatest artists in pop music history's career in a way that I don't think Rocket Man is for Elton John. I, I used to watch, you know, the old VH1 greatest songs ever list and uh, the read every time Rolling Stone does 500 greatest songs of all time, I'd uh, come out there. And uh, usually there's only one song by either of them in like the top 100. Mm-hmm. And like they, they usually there's like a ton of them after that. But in the, the top 100, there is one Bowie song, and it is Space Oddity. And there is one Elton song, and it is your song. Ah, see? <laughs> there you go. I, I, also his first song. Yeah. So. I mean, yes, and I would. I think about that more um, than I think about Rocket Man. Part but, of that, I think, is also the, the influence of the, the Juggernaut and soon-to-be Broadway musical Moulin Rouge. Oh, uh, right. I mean, that's the thing. Is I that, think there are like five Elton songs in that yeah, well, that's what I'm saying to you is that there's so much of that, and I think that his uh, impact on that kind of pop music, like that, and and you know, and, and his influence, you know, uh, the multiple versions of Candle in the Wind, that's like another huge thing with him and right. Lion King and that kind of stuff. That's what I think of when I think of Elton John, and I also think, you know, I'm still standing the bitches back, stuff like that. You know, I mean, like there are lots of things. So Elton John, like David Bowie, has gone through many iterations. 
but I don't think of him in a specific costume and go, oh man, <laughs> that's the one. Whereas yeah. I think of Space Oddity and Space Oddity is, again, without Space Oddity, I don't think anything else can happen. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to make my case and then I'm actually very interested to see what your argument is uh-huh. in favor of Rocket Man, just because I think it is of all the episodes we've done, this is the, the most lopsided. This is the this is the hardest job you'll ever have to do. <laughs> I mean, maybe something else happen later, but certainly so far. Yeah. So yes, 1969. It's the year that 2001: A Space Oddity is up for an uh, for an Academy Award, I believe. It, uh, it was like a big shock that it was not up for Best Picture. It was up for Best Director. It was not the only film that was up for an award that was a sci-fi film. Um, so there were two movies that sort of had come out uh, that were extremely relevant to the time. And I actually think, um, I mean, Space Odyssey is the one that most obviously influenced Bowie. But mm-hmm. during that time period, um, there was another movie that came out that I think also sort of speaks to the era. If you want to get into the space of what made the song as important as it was, and that's Planet of the Apes. You know, I was trying to think, like, that was the only movie I could think you were going for. I was like, are we really going for the apes? Yeah. Cornelius abs- and Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can make whatever million jokes you want to make about it yeah. now, but um, that was a very cynical viewing of where we were headed. It was, a, yeah. it was, you know, I mean, yes, it's silly, but, uh, but only silly now in retrospect, I think at the time it was, it was, it was scary and felt very prescient. So that was happening. Um, 1969 is the last year that Star Trek is on the air, at least as far as new episodes are concerned. Yeah. Um, before it's going to go on in the 1970s and become this really popular thing that eventually becomes a franchise. But at this point, it's the end of that. Um, what else is happening? The Beatles uh, are up on the rooftop doing Let It Be. That's correct. An interesting side note to that is that um, Space Oddity, as a song, when they were looking for a producer, George Martin was on the list. He turned it down. Huh. Uh, boy. That's a, that's you know, a, mis- can, that's a mistake, can, George Martin. I mean, maybe not. Maybe he just wasn't the right guy. Actually, for now it. that you mentioned that, I do kind of hear that a day in the life thing going on. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he turned it down. There was a lot. There was like Monty Python's Flying Circus debuted in 1969. Scooby Doo, 1969. Yeah. Sesame Street, 1969. There were a uh, lot of really big pop culture events happening uh, as far as fictional things were concerned and, and, and pop music. Obviously, we need to talk about the biggest and most important event of 1969, uh, the song, The Year 2525. (laughs) Little uh, sci-fi in the air, I guess. That was the biggest sci-fi-themed pop hit of the year. Bigger bigger than uh, Space Oddity. Yeah, well, let's say it like this. I can can easily see, even if David Bowie had never had a second hit and he disappeared from the universe after 1969... I, I can see why Space Oddity has survived while in the years 2525 has not. Zager and Evans <laughs> is such a weird thing, but do you know um, some just, I mean, there is actually obviously a, a much more serious thing to talk about, which is the Apollo 11, but. Yeah. But. T- technically, Space Oddity predates that by about a week. Yes, it does, but but we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, as far as uh, Zager and Evans in the year 2525, just to sort of give people again a sense of what was happening at the time, People were real weird. People thought that that wasn't written by humans. There was a rumor that had such an impact on people that there were articles written about it, that it was written by a computer, that a computer had written that song. 
Botnik Studios wrote it. Yeah. There was a specific theory that this one company, this this one think tank, had actually used a computer to write it. But yeah. it was also the year, technically, that um, they managed to send one electronic message from one machine to another mm-hmm. for the first time. So it was also the, the, first, the was very first email, email technically. Yeah. Technically, like a pseudo-email. It was sort of the, the proto-email. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that was happening, too. Techno- the technology was... Getting really weird in 1969, uh, but yes, obviously the thing that everybody thinks about is um, the space race and this thing that JFK, before he was assassinated, had vowed would happen, which is that we would put a man on the moon, and in 1969, it happened, and what makes that directly, directly connected to space oddity is that it came out shortly before uh, that was actually going to happen, and the decision was made by some fool um, because they thought, oh, this song sounds really cool, and Uh. and it is about space, that when the launch happened, when they showed the launch on television in Britain, they played this song. They played Space Oddity, and it wasn't until after that they realized what the lyrics were and what the song was about. And at that point, in Britain at least, it was banned. They didn't play it anywhere on any British radio station until after the Apollo 11 landed again safely, and then it was okay to play the song again. Because the yeah. song is not about an astronaut having a great old time. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a song about no, you know yeah. being sort of lost in, in space and never ever coming back. Speaking of important things that happened in the 60s. Well, lost in space? <laughs> yes. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Lost in space. I mean, I don't. It's it's a fun, interesting show. It's just that I I don't. When I think of Lost in Space, sadly, I don't think of the series. I think of the the terrible uh, Matt LeBlanc nineties uh, <laughs> film. My father was a very huge fan of Lost in Space. Had like the box set on DVD, so I got to watch the the fa- Space Family Robinson like fight space hippies or some fucking thing. It's a. It is not relevant to this discussion. Why don't we drop it? <laughs> well. Um, it is not, except that you use the word hippie. And I think uh, what's so fascinating about the song, Space Oddity, uh, one of the many things, is that it's viewed historically and was viewed at the time when the song came out and had this sort of critical popularity. Yeah. that it was, it was not a huge hit when it... It wasn't. It didn't become a huge hit until the 70s. Uh, but um, for critics, they looked at it and they said, this is the death. This is this song represents the death of hippie culture. The death of hippie culture. That's yeah, fascinating. That it was the death of the age of Aquarius and the embracing of this more cynical technological future. Well, you know, that's a funny thing because I'm not sure this. Uh, I tried to find like the f- earliest footage I could find of Bowie uh, singing this song. And now there's there is a music video for this, but it was recorded in like 73. He's dressed like Aladdin saying in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh I found one from much earlier, from I think 1970 or something like that, and he is like full on hippie. He's got like the pink bell bottoms and the paisley shirt and the doofy well, 60s hair. I mean, so uh, in fairness, uh, it wasn't just Space Oddity; it was that album in general. I think that uh, in a, in a more uh, prog rocky, more literal writ large way, um, Signet Committee. Also is sort of about that, maybe a little more directly if you want if you want to say it. But yeah, this yeah. is sort of the idea that the the death of the age of Aquarius, um, uh, because that's sort of about astrology. Yeah, and now we're headed towards the age of actual 
the actual space sciences, you know? You know, that's, that's a funny thing, you know, but when I hear it, I hear like nothing but hippiness coming off of that because this comes out right after 2001 A Space Odyssey. Sure. And that's got a very cosmic ending. And Space Oddity is also a very cosmic song, you know? Like, he's, like it ends the same way. He goes off into uh, the great unknown, and it's very, like... I don't want to say it's dark and cynical, because I yeah. don't think it's quite that. I've, I've heard people say that, but I... Yeah, I, I, I guess think you wouldn't call it peace and love, though. It but. isn't. It certainly isn't. It's definitely more questioning um, the nature of the universe and our place in it. Far more rabbinical mm-hmm. than it is uh, hippical. Uh, it's not a word. I just made it up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I just think those things are just all a part of a piece, right? There's all these things happening historically. There's this song. It's meaning how critics viewed it at the time. And yes, the fact that there was an album previous uh, that had come out, which is garbage. It, David Bowie's first album is not <laughs> Is that good. the one with Laughing Gnome on it? I believe it is. Yeah. But it's, it doesn't sound anything like the David Bowie that people now think of. His voice even sounds different. It's like. weird. It's very strange. But then Space Oddity is on his the second album that, at least in America, was also called David Bowie, uh, but was called something different in the UK. And um, it was... The Man this, of Words, Man of Music, I think it's called. I believe that's right. Or that but, might be a different album. Um, eventually, they, I think they actually just called it Space Oddity, but... Uh, yeah. In addition to all of these things that are happening in and around it that influence it, that it then in turn influences, it ultimately is the song that launches the career of, I would argue, one of the m- most important pop artists of all time, in my opinion, and more important pop artists than Elton John. More influential, more beloved, more seen as capital A art, Yes, let's say. Is- uh, than Elton John. I guess everything else is sort of is sort of up to interpretation, but I certainly think that uh, in the realm of something that sort of transcends pop culture and becomes more capital A art, I think that David Bowie is always going to come out on top as far as that's concerned. So this is all this stuff before you even yeah. talk about the song, <laughs> which is just fucking incredible. It's just, to me, so evocative, uh, so beautiful, so complex. It's not a simple arrangement. And yet, yeah. I think if you hear it on the radio, instantly, you, you, once it's on, yeah, I don't think you're turning it off. Well, and it is, it is certainly a very complicated song. Like, there's a lot, a lot of chords in that. You, you know how to play it on guitar. I do. But I mean, it, he has more it, it complicated is not, songs. It is not, it is not a four chord song. By it is any. not. But I wouldn't. I mean, like, it's not quite as funk to funky as as, uh, <laughs> as some of the other songs that he's done. You know, it's not like like Life on Mars is a little more complex. I think Ashes to Ashes is probably a little more complex. A lot of his yeah. other songs are more complex than this. But yes, compared to what he had been doing before, compared to the type of music that I think was coming out, even the Beatles at the end of their career, I don't think were quite. I mean, I think that they were sort of had they had kind of become this, and he's certainly influenced by them. But I think he's, I think he's kicking the can a little bit further down the road already with this song, um, taking what they had done in the late '60s and sort of saying like, "This is where we're headed towards the '70s." And wait till you fucking see what happens next; you won't believe it. Well, I when I say that that this is still a very hippie song to me, you know, Bowie said, you know, I I watched 2001 really high. I think there's still like the sense that when you get high, you're going to expand your mind and you're going to like find some other cosmic greater truth out there. 
versus as the 70s went on when, you know, when you got high, you were just getting high. So I feel like there's like you that cosmic sense that you, you're talking about. I feel like there's a lot more of that in there than you would have gotten towards, like, say, 1979. So I, I still see a lot of hippiness, and maybe we're drifting out of that there, but it's still very much there. It's a lot more of looking into the vast emptiness and the emptiness staring back at you. Yeah. Which I don't, I mean, the hippies were, were very chill and very upbeat, and I just don't think this is an upbeat tune. No, it's certainly not. And I don't know what you're finding out there, but you're, you're, you're finding something, uh, something very important. You're meeting the star child or becoming the star child at the end of uh, 2001 or something like that. To a degree. Yeah. But I think you're, he was. He's not, he's not yeah. going out there to die. It's really tough to say. I mean, I think also I'm I'm influenced by the Major fact Tom that, lives is what I'm saying. Yeah, but Major Tom's a junkie. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh wow! Speaking of the end of the seventies. Yeah, I mean, I like that song, but uh, I hope we can all agree that the worst Bowie is Clown Bowie. <laughs> oh, you mean the worst one to look at? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's way, yeah. I mean, I can't. I'm not speaking to the music. I'm just saying. Ashes, I don't, I don't, ashes Clown Bowie. I don't want Clown Bowie creeps me right the fuck out. That's too much yeah. for me. That's all that stuff. That's all kind of lead up. Uh, we can talk about the songs themselves, but uh, gosh, it's 22 minutes, and it's been 90% me talking, so... Die. Okay, well, you know, we were talking about, like, obviously Space Oddity matters m- more to Bowie than Rocket Man can mean to uh, Elton, but Rocket Man is pretty important to Elton's career. He'd had one hit. He, he did your song, and your song is, you know, a great song, but it was just one song. Like after Space Oddity, Bowie could have been a one-hit wonder, and Elton could have very easily been a one-hit wonder, also. And Rocket Man was his second hit. He'd had a, like a couple songs in between, and you know he did Tiny Dancer in between, and he did Leave On in between. But those weren't hits. Those are hits now in hindsight. Sure. Now Space Oddity is the only song uh, Bowie ever revisited really throughout his career. He changed every time. And that's why Space Oddity holds such a mythos. But, you know, Rocket Man's pretty important to Elton, too, because, you know, they got a movie coming out right now. They do. <laughs> or in a, what, a couple of weeks, right? I actually, um, I was talking about this with uh, my wife. I love her very much, she knows. And she said that she wondered, uh, had we done this poll after that movie came <laughs> out, if that would have had an influence on the results yes um but we are in fact doing it before this elton john biopic is coming out so it's sort of it sort of skews towards you know favoring the dead yeah i assume i haven't <laughs> seen it but i'm pretty confident did he won by 90 percent or just 80 yeah, percent i can't wait to, can't wait to find out can't wait to find out obviously there's not a huge difference between 1972 when rocket man comes out and space oddity comes out only three years earlier but you know i think the the bloom had come off a little bit off the uh flying in space dearly by that point. I mean, we'd had Apollo, what was it, 13? That was the, the one that went badly, and we had people dying, and certainly, uh, you know, and later on, you know, nowadays, there's almost no benefit to being in space whatsoever is what the people think. But even in, like, 1972, you had this song Rocket Man where, I mean, you talk about, like, space oddity not being, you know, very uh, optimistic. Rocket Man is, like, a sad, it's almost a country song, really. Yeah, but. yeah. I was, I've been thinking about that too. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a, of my dog died and now I'm sad. Um, <laughs> you know, my pickup truck broke down. My girl left me. The idea behind Rocket Man is that 
being a rocket man kind of sucks. And I, I read Bernie Taupin. He's he said he was inspired by a Ray Bradbury uh, short story off of the Illustrated Man called The Rocket Man, and it's it's from the point of view of a kid. I decided to read it, and he's just basically like, yeah, my dad's gone all the time. He's out flying, and the kid the kid is told straight up, it's like, son, don't be a rocket man like me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I. I I'm pretty sure those, like in those exact words, it's like "don't be a rocket man." I guess they haven't come up with it for a better term for it in 1955. But and yeah, what I think about it, I think it's a, a just a very sad song about like. It reminds me of Wichita Lineman, which is a you know the Glen Campbell country song where it's just like, yes, I work on a fucking telephone pole in the middle of nowhere, and there's <laughs> nothing but flatness in every direction. And that's what I think of when I think of Rocket Man. Well, I'll ask you this: Who did the, which did Shatner do the better cover of? Oh, you know what's funny? I, are we becoming the same person? Because this was absolutely in my notes as well. Um, I was actually going to say, honestly and truthfully, that I prefer William Shatner's Rocket Man to, to Elton John's version. I love it. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is. When you think of Shatner and his um, speechifying versions of songs, his acty whatever the fuck it is he's doing, um, bags last night. When you, yeah, when you think about it, you think I think of the video of him at an award show, very seriously, and people trying to keep a straight face and respect him. Um, with the cigarette in his mouth, <laughs> you know, like, Wee. like he's like a beat poet doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's really this and, uh, and, uh, and Mr. Tambourine man where he, you know, he goes, I'll come following you in the jingle jangle morning. It's, it's so <laughs> weird, but, um, yeah, I love it. I eat that shit up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, I, I'll have it three meals a day. <laughs> I'll have it for dessert. It's so good. Um, to the point that, yes, I mean, I uh, ha- have been re-listening to both songs uh, quite a bit in the lead-up to recording yeah. this, and I just, Rocket Man is fine. Elton John's version, it's fine. It's a fine pop song, but um, that's a case where William Shatner does his version, and it's just so bananas that it actually sticks out more in my mind, whereas you listen to him doing Space Oddity, and it just... He can't outdo Bowie. There's no, <laughs> nobody, nobody can outdo Bowie. And in point of fact, if you're going to talk about things in those terms, um, I mean, there are lots and lots and lots of covers of both of those songs. But the again, the reason why I think Space Oddity is so clearly the winner is because when uh, Canadian's own Chris, Chris Hadfield yes. was, was up in this space station, was he singing Rocket Man? Well, you can't bring a piano onto the space hey, station. Listen, man, I, you can adapt anything to guitar. You can adapt yeah. anything to piano. It, pop songs like that are, are infinitely adaptable. Yeah. What did, he, did he sing Rocket Man? No, he sang Space Oddity and, uh, and, and made people love him. And also, by the way, made the song popular again. And that was before Bowie died. It suddenly had a really big boom because of that. I know Bowie is infinitely the cooler guy. And I know Rocket Man is kind of a schmaltzy song. It's, you know, it's the it's early 70s pop rock when things are get you know, the 60s are over and things are kind of getting silly and schmaltzy and Carpenters-y. I don't know. I like, never knew Clouds at all. <laughs> I think that is... That is one of the hippie 60s songs, Clouds, but... Oh, yeah. I don't know. Besides now. But yeah. I 
love Bowie as much as everyone loves Bowie. I'm a little tired of the worship. And I was like, even before he died, I was like watching Bowie become the, like the icon of all classic icons. And now, you know, people wearing shirts who'd never even heard a song. <laughs> it's like name five songs by Bowie. You're such a big fan. Yes. I'm that guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're not selling yourself really well right now, but, but go ahead, continue. I mean, I ended it again. And there's a part of me that kind of respects Elton that he was by pretty much all regards, not trying to be cool. He was kind of lame. I think of Elton John as the yeah. Kevin Smith of pop music. I think he knew that's that you go on. That's a, well, you know what it is? It's the Kevin Smith. Um, when people will call him a sellout, he always goes, Oh yeah, man, I love money. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if your if your big criticism of me is they said we'll give you a bunch of money to do this, and yeah. I said, hell yeah, I'll do that, <laughs> and then I can continue doing my other weird shit, weird shit whenever the hell I want to do it. Um, then go right on ahead. But you know, I'm just playing the game the way the game is meant to be played, man. Like that's you know, as a person from New Jersey, Kevin Smith always sort of like he started as an indie darling, and people tried to criticize him criticism people tried to criticize him for this type of stuff and of course i mean as a as a fellow jersey kid um you know he is jersey nerd made good and so i always sort of defended him and i think that elton john likewise is a guy that people sort of fingered as a as a bit of a sellout as a guy that was just doing it for the money you know because he would just do any sort of genre type of stuff and that he really was writing for the radio and he was then writing for you know, like good like movie hits that would get him money, and I don't know. I think that people sort of viewed him not just as less cool, but as less of an artist because he's doing it. I think, yeah, and he doesn't write his, his right, own and he lyrics. No lyrics, and I think that's another really big thing, a big impact. The um, that, yeah, just not being a lyricist. Mm-hmm. It's weird how that'll make people view you in a negative oh, light. I, my. My high school girlfriend was shocked and so disappointed to find this out. And she never, I don't, well, I mean, it was only high school, but she, I, for the, what it seemed like was she never forgave him. It's like, you're not real anymore to me, Elton John. Yeah, I actually just looked her up on Facebook and she's still talking about it. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Space Oddity, I will, if you told me, he's like, that is a perfect song. Like, I was like, yeah. And if you told me, you know, Rocket Man is pretty far from a perfect song, I would absolutely agree with that, too. Like, there, a lot of the lyrics are kind of lumpy. Like, you know, Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. <laughs> and there's no one there to raise them if you did. What, is aren't, that, what aren't, does that mean? Aren't you there to raise them? Like, Yeah, I just, yeah, there's a difference between um, listening to Space Oddity and going, man, I wonder what he thought, what he was thinking about when yeah. he wrote that. Uh, versus Rocket Man, where you go, what the fuck was he thinking about when he wrote that? <laughs> Taupin is, you know, pretty legendarily a, a awkward, a lumpy lyricist. lyricist. Yeah. He kind of is, yeah. And Elton John is famously a lumpy person. But, <laughs> yikes, man! Yikes. <laughs> yeah, uh, edit that out, Paul, or don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Elton's awkwardness and his, you know, you look at his outfits; they're just silly. Versus Bowie, when his outfits are weird, he's like the coolest man on earth. And I don't know, I was, I respect Bowie and I love Bowie, but I, I, I don't feel like connected to Bowie. 
the same way I feel connected to Elton and his imperfection and his, you know, his following his very weird muse and making these silly schmaltzy songs that, you know, that 40 year olds can listen to. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's it. You know, that's why Shatner his version of Rocket Man works so much better than his space oddity because there Elton gives him a lot to work with. Yeah, it's true. Uh, man, I don't know. I just, I never tired of, of the, I've never found myself looking at David Bowie and going, does he deserve the accolades that he get that he gets? Does he love the adoration that he gets? Personally, my answer to that is yes. I can't account for any things that no, he did no, in I'm his not, personal I mean, life. I mean, that's the thing is yeah. that you know. I mean, we people know, have talked know. about. Yes, I mean, the song versus not song is not really the podcast to talk about that stuff. But yeah. keep in mind, I am not saying that you know Bowie's overrated because he is absolutely not. He was absolutely like one hundred percent as good as everyone says he is. Sure, but I mean, I understand the idea of liking someone who is imperfect Un- and is just making kind of goofy pop. Because the thing is, you know, there's a Rocket Man. Uh, when I listen to it, it makes me think of uh, an album from Electric Light Orchestra that came out in 1980 called Time, uh, which is all about being in space and weird time travel stuff and is very corny, but I love it. And Jeff Lynne, who I don't think has got a deep bone in his body. I think he's, <laughs> I mean, I think he, he has ideas that he thinks are kind of fun and weird, and I think that he's a good producer. But I don't listen to the lyrics and go, wow, this is deep, man. I think, like, wow, these lyrics are corny as hell, but the music's fun. Uh, so I totally get it. You know, I think that Elton John and Jeff Lynne are kind of similar guys in that regard. You know what? Now that I think about it, you know, the end of Rocket Man, where, you know, I think it's going to be a long, long time, and it just trails off of that. I do feel kind of like that cosmic loneliness that also you get from the end of Space Oddity, where it drifts off with that awesome guitar solo. I feel like these songs are more similar than just the the topic and the subject matter. Sure, sure. I mean, I think that that their mood is similar. I just think that uh, ultimately um, the one that executes that mood better is Space Oddity. And, you know, obviously, like I said, Space Oddity is the one that'll mattered more to people and certainly mattered more to its artists than Rocket Man ever will, although... Yeah, I mean, like, are are there are there a bunch of sequels to Rocket Man? Because <laughs> there are, no. there are unofficial, but clearly uh, songs that Bowie is referring back to Rocket Man repeatedly. Yeah, I think that is the only space song Elton uh, ever wrote in his vastly prolific career, versus a uh, space oddity where Bowie was an alien for the rest of his life. He and. I don't think we mentioned this, but there was also a 90s song called Hello, Space Boy. Yep. That I did major. I don't know if Major Tom got a direct mention, but that's was also considered kind of an unofficial sequel to Space Oddity, yeah. along with Black Star. All right. Well, All right. here's my here's my question. How 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 much did I win by? Wait, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Well, it does. Just open it do up th- another. Just open it up another can. You know, the the reason why we ended up on different sides of this, I think, is because you're the guitar player and I'm the piano player. Oh, that's actually a really <laughs> good point. I had I I'd almost at one point considered that uh, I might bring my guitar over mid song, but I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to punish the listeners that badly. But it is a song that I really enjoy playing, and I really enjoy playing Rocket Man. In fact, I think there's some videos on of me on the the internet somewhere, me singing uh, playing that on the piano and uh, everyone I know singing along. 
Oh. I'd have to really dig that up. But. I don't. I can't boast such a thing. But I do know that uh, what was it? The Halloween party that we hosted at my house. Yes. That I brought the guitar out, and you and me, and I think maybe Kyle Calgren. Yeah. We're all kind of sitting in my office singing that song. And then yeah. after that, somebody came and said how great we sounded. So <laughs> to me, um, I'm just glad that there's no well, video evidence of it that, to reveal that that's not true. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure it sounded fun. No, I cannot harmonize for, for shit. If I it was, was fun. It was yeah. fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's a song that if you break it out, people will sing along. But that's true of Rocket Man also. Yeah, Rocket Man. I feel like Rocket Man is more of a sing along, actually. I guess that's true. I, Space Oddity is a, a solo act. It doesn't matter. I think that <laughs> even though it probably should be, once you start singing it, everyone's going to oh, no, sing I've, along. Oh, I've, no, I've definitely done my own piano version of Space Oddity, too, and I've gotten people to sing along. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. So I have cracked up my beer. We have we have revealed the fact that, yes, our, our personal instrumentation has yes. probably influenced our choices to a degree. How, again, how, how badly did I try? Also, you? you're the Arthur C. Clarke fan, and I'm more of a Ray Bradbury person. Oh? <laughs> no, I'm, I made. I pulled that out of my yeah, ass. Yeah, no. that's completely made up. I'm okay. function. I'm functionally illiterate. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> um, actually, why don't you give me the over under? Like, wh- how how much do you think you won? Um, I very rarely think that I've won almost completely, but I actually do think that it was probably. Yeah, but I, it was, like, what's the percentage? You think you I, got like fifty five, sixty five, eighty five? Like, I I think I think that I think that it's probably about an eighty five to to fifteen percent victory. I think it's probably that bad. Okay. The actual vote count with 69% of the vote. It is space oddity. That's it? Yeah. I'm shocked by that. If this were, you know, if this were a presidential election, that'd be a landslide. I just don't think that there's <laughs> I understand the comparison of the two songs. Uh-huh. I just don't think that there's any comparison in which one is better. No, I I knew which one was going to win, but um did anybody sort of write in with thoughts on why they voted for Rocket Man? I would be really curious. Uh, you know, some people say, you know, I like Rocket Man more. You know, Elton John means more to me. I prefer Elton. But uh, there wasn't any, like, really super compelling. I, I will say this for Space Oddity, though. Someone said this. I'm picking Space Oddity mostly because it spawned one of my favorite songs of all time, Major Tom by Peter Schilling. Really? <laughs> uh, no, uh, let me re- finish the uh, the quote here. No, but really. It literally oh, really? said yes. It, in parentheses, uh, no, but really, at the end of that. German singer, <laughs> Peter Schilling. Yeah. Something falling, studying, doing. I don't know how that song goes. I mean, you did it. You, you, you yeah. did it as much justice as it deserves. Uh, sorry, yeah. listener, who, who wrote that in. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't... Hmm. <laughs> Is it really that far off from a Space Oddity or Rocket Man? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes, actually, it is. So. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, um, this is actually a, a longer episode than we usually do. You know, I think that we should probably do these twice a month. Well, you know, let's say every second what? Every second and fourth Wednesday, let's say, we'll do. That seems like a great idea. Thank you for dropping this on me at this last second. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, yes, if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to hear about this before uh, anybody else does. Um, we're eventually going to probably make a video to this effect. But Song versus Song is something that we sort of had done for fun, and it is fun, um, but we want to put a little more effort into it. Uh, we want to take it a little bit more seriously. So if you notice in this episode... 
for example, that I took the time to sort of look at what was happening at the time of the song's release, some more specific details that we've made this episode a little bit closer to the 40 to 45 minute range rather than the 30 to 35 minute. Uh, we're trying to give you more uh, in line of what the Todd in the Shadows videos are in the podcast uh, because um, we want people to listen to it. <laughs> Uh, because YouTube is a bastard, and uh, and it's and it's hard, and who knows when YouTube is gonna get better. Hey, you know what? I just came up with something. Go ahead. Uh, if you like the podcast, here's a just something I'm kicking around. Why don't you donate to our Patreon? Great idea. Uh, and not only donate to the Patreon if you can, but uh, you know, even if you can't do that. Let people know about the podcast. Let them know that this is a podcast that you like, that it's something that's enjoyable if you're a person that likes pop music, which is basically everybody on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, recommend it. Uh, that's that's a free thing that you can do. Uh, we are really trying to sort of push this thing a little bit further than we have in the past because it was fun. It will continue to be fun. But we want to treat it a little bit more like it's also our jobs because <laughs> it is, or we'd like it to be. So going forward, our goal is more in the line of 40 to 45 minutes, a little bit more studied, a little bit more factoids rather than just us goofing, and uh, every second and every fourth Wednesday. So two episodes every month launched on those days. Um, I know that we only had one that kind of went out in the month of April, but we're going to correct that or change that going forward. Uh, And that's that. Now you know the rest of the story. (laughs) And thanks for sticking with us. Yes. I really appreciate that you've been listening already so far, and uh, and and we're no, gonna. We, uh, thank you so much. I got such compliments over on this from the the people who do watch this or listen to this. So, uh, yeah, please tell your friends. We're great guys. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. and 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 I want to make it very clear that we're not. The podcast is not going to change the stuff that's good about it already. We're just trying to add more to it to make it uh, even more stronger than what it, mm-hmm. more stronger to make it stronger than what it's already been. Um, so uh, wrapping up as we always do, um, Todd, what's the next episode? Oh, I've been waiting to do this for a long time. Oh no, <laughs> you, you're going to have to do research on this one because the the, the fans will uh, eat you alive. Is what I've discovered. Which do you prefer? Fall Out Boys, Sugar, We're Going Down. Or my chemical romances, I'm not okay. Parentheses, I promise. I'm not okay. I promise. That's really easy for me. <laughs> I was never a big Fall Out Boy fan. They're fine, but that song, it uh, by my, my chemical, by my chemical romance, is probably one of my favorite uh, teenage wangsty <laughs> anthems of all time. I guess that puts me with Sugar. We're going down, and you know I'm pretty comfortable with that. I like both these songs so much. But I like Fall Out Boy more than My Chemical Romance. And, oh, geez, the My Chemical Romance fans are already on me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh, or uh, you won't. Yeah, um, who knows? But then it'll just be a very shortly lived, updated podcast because we'll both be in the ground. <laughs> uh, or ashes. Who knows? Anyway, um, that's it. Support us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash song versus song. Uh, song vs. song. Uh, catch you later. <laughs>